This is Huge Pop from the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast, and tonight I have a very special guest on the Wrestling With Purpose on the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast channel. He's from CWF. He's been in wrestling for eight-plus years. He tag-teamed in the past with Johnny Lawless before the Bible Club. He's from CWF West Texas. He's known as the Buzzard. Trevor Cohen, how are you doing tonight, my man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having. Thanks for coming on. So we're gonna call you the buzzard. So everybody out here, he's the buzzard. But so, and I, I, it's, I, it's usually just buzzard. Okay, not the, yeah, not the buzzard. No, I'm okay. Not. So maybe I got this that's, all wrong. So that's my dad, Mister Buzzard. That's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I just now that we're into that, I I have to tell the story before we get into the questions. Go ahead. I was driving with my wife, and um, we were talking. She was asking me, "So who's your guest today?" I said buzzard the, and i so i call it i said the buzzard she goes "Ooh!" so it's like he heal or is he face i said well when i think of buzzard here in mich here, here in florida i see them the ones that are circling the dead animals yeah so i would say he's the heel so explain to us the buzzard or buzzard is that it was buzzard. i on the right was i on the right path or was i totally off uh no i mean it's not too far off i guess i uh, I think Mike talked about last week how we don't really get to pick our our gimmick. Um, and he talked about how he was able to come up with a cool name that's able to like preach and go both ways, either face or heel. And uh, I never came up with anything cool like that. I like to tell people I'm the I'm the buzzard that Barry White tells everybody to follow, but uh, <laughs> I don't really have a uh, I don't really have a cool cool story like Shiloh does about how he got his name. Right. But uh, it's just what Mike assigned to me. He knew Bray Wyatt was a one of my favorite wrestlers, and um, he was kind of going for something like, uh, I guess, kind of a Raven kind of look with yeah. uh, just the one name like that. Or that's kind of what he was going for. And yeah. uh, Buzzard is what he came up with. So uh, that's uh, I'll be honest with you. To be thought of after one of your favorite wrestlers, um, a Bray Wyatt, uh, rest in peace himself. Um, that was a uh, sad moment in history in wrestling and um so yeah for sure yeah and i've always wanted to know i'm again i'm getting off track but i've always wanted to know that the best part of that whole thing with bray wyatt was that time when undertaker was in this the ring with him and he yeah. whispered and he whispered something yeah man i just would i would have paid to be the in that ear of to hear what he said so and nobody will right. ever know nobody yeah. and, I'm and i'm sure out of respect for bray wyatt the undertaker will never tell yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, yeah. Whenever so, it was first announced that he had passed away, my first thought was, "Nah, this is a work. This is this is a work. I'm I'm not buying it." Yeah. And then sure enough, yeah. the next morning I woke up and I was like, "I hope it's still a work." <laughs> yeah, man. This year was, was this year was horrible with uh, losing talent. We lost the Briscoe and we lost uh, Terry Funk and yeah. Ray Wyatt, and it's just man, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy time in wrestling. So, yep. 
So, hey, Kim, how you doing tonight? My sister's on the, in the chat, so um, they love the program. My mom and dad and my sister watch on a, every Monday, so they tune in. So, how you guys doing? So, Buzzard's in, in the channel with us, and so how did you first get started in wrestling as a like a fan? Yeah, um, well, as a fan, uh, I'm I'm probably I'm probably one of the worst people to have on the podcast, just because growing up I didn't watch a lot of wrestling. Okay. Uh, I actually, uh, w- my family didn't have cable okay. uh, very often. Every once in a while we had cable, but for the most part we didn't have it. So if I caught wrestling on TV, it was usually on like Saturday afternoons or Thursday nights or something like that. It would be on Telemundo. I'd okay. watch Monday Night Raw on Telemundo. Telemundo, uh, there you if, go. That's- if I caught it, but I don't speak Spanish. So it was like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening here. Um, but I had a lot of friends growing up that watched wrestling. And I remember we'd wrestle on the, on the trampoline and stuff. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, but then as I, as I got older, uh, I actually getting into wrestling, uh, came because I wanted to get into ministry and, uh, Shiloh, Mike Watt, who was on last week, he, uh, didn't really give me an option. (laughs) He, he, uh, I like to say he, he beat me into, uh, working with him, uh, because he did. Uh, I said, I wanted to do ministry and, and he would actually drag me into the to the uh, Wednesday nights with the kids. And I would tell him I didn't want to come. And he'd be like, all right, well, you be there. Yeah. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. And then whenever I would tell him yes, he'd say, you need to keep your word. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And he'd start punching me and dragging me in there. And then I started working with him after a few years of him doing that. And uh, whenever he started CWF here in West Texas, I was actually the first person to sign up. All right. So I was actually there the day that we got the wrestling ring. Uh, he, Mike was in Africa. Okay. And, uh, I, me, and one other guy unloaded the wrestling ring out of the semi-trailer and had no idea what we were doing, but we unloaded it and put it in a room so when Mike got back, we could set it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'll get to that um, that portion that you just said because um, to me it's very, very important that wrestlers uh, do something like you did. Like, yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't, it's not all about wrestling. It's yeah. about everything that goes up and even the ministry, even the setup, even everything that goes into that. So right. are you a fan? Yeah. Are you a fan now? Am I a fan now? Uh, I'm off and on. I, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, sometimes I like watching it and sometimes I, uh, I don't. <laughs> sometimes I get kind of bored watching it, but I love going to shows. I love doing okay. anything live. And so I'll okay. go to any live show, whether it be a local show or uh, some indie show, or if they're if they're here live, I'll AEW, I don't care. I'll go see them. I, I, I like watching live stuff. Okay, so I kind of keep of, up with it enough to know what's going on. Okay, so out of the current stuff we got, um, what would you say your favorite promotion out of AEW, WWE, or even an indie promotion other than CWF? Obviously, outside of CWF. Outside of CWF, yes. Uh, if I'm gonna go outside of CWF. And you said I can do an indie promotion? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to say uh, Pele Pro out of DFW. Uh, okay. My buddy Kyle Hessler runs that. Um, he is a, a pretty solid, godly man. Uh, and he's just trying to run a good promotion the way that God calls people to run a business. Awesome. And uh, he's a solid dude, and I highly recommend highly recommend their shows. They're supposed to be you. coming back this year, I think. I'll talk to you about that after the show. Sure. I have, I have some thoughts. So, okay. Um, 
I, I and I, I'm the same way. You know, I I used to when we started the podcast, we um would talk about WWE, AEW, we do reactions and do reviews and stuff like that. And it was like eh, it was okay, but it wasn't. It was more work for me than it was anything, and I was like, so I'm like got burnt out real fast. And then I attended my first indie show, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm like, wow. So if I had to pick a favorite, I would pick an indie indie promotion over WWE and AEW. So it's oh just, yeah, because yeah, those guys are busting their butt too, all, trying to make it really good all the time, you know. Yeah. So um, I have to ask, you probably don't know this. It's a TikTok joke, whatever. Who's the greatest WCW champion ever? Greatest WCW champion ever. David Arquette. <laughs> David Arquette. Yes. I'm probably not going to go with David Arquette. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I would probably I would probably go with like uh, Hollywood Hogan or Nash okay. or somebody like that. The TikTok answer is David Arquette. So David Arquette is the TikTok answer. All right. Yes, cool. There you go. Just a little bit of trivia here. I didn't know oh. that. All right, there you go. So, what inspired you to become a professional wrestler other than getting your butt dragged in by Shiloh to the ring and stuff like that? Um, well, at that time, or by that time, uh, we had started watching wrestling ev- all the time. Mike and I were because I was working with him, and uh, I uh, I was really into I was following Bray Wyatt, I think this was around WrestleMania 30. Uh, which I believe WrestleMania 30 was the one where he did his triple threat, followed by another triple threat where he yep. came back and won it at the end, mm-hmm. which was insane to me. Uh, but we were watching every every pay-per-view live. We were meeting at a friend's house, or we'd go to Buffalo Wild Wings, okay. and uh, we'd catch the catch all the shows. We watched every Monday night. and um, So I was really into wrestling at that point in time. And uh, so I was excited to actually be able to give it a try. Okay. And then uh, once I kind of started giving it a try and actually um, getting in the ring, I it was something that came natural to me. Okay. Um, I'd never really been very athletic, and um, things that I've tried out, either in athletics or um, even just other hobbies, playing instruments, things like that, it was not something that I was like, man, I feel like I can do this really well. Right. Whereas wrestling, I got in the ring and I just did what I was told, and it felt natural to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you describe your training and the challenge that you faced in becoming the train in the training aspect of that? Um. Well, I would say probably just uh, the cardio. Uh-huh. I actually, before we started training, lost sixty pounds. Um, to get in shape for the first show or for our for not even the first show just for first the first training that we did because oh. we had a CWF show come in to announce that we were going to start uh that we were going to start training there here in West Texas and uh whenever that show came in I wanted to be 60 pounds lighter and so I lost 60 pounds so whenever we started training I was down that weight and then that made cardio and bumping a little easier and huh. trying to learn to run the ropes. But that and the thing that I still struggle with the work the most is, is doing flips. I'm six, four and weigh 300 pounds. Okay. Flipping, flipping doesn't really come very easily to me. No, no. <laughs> I imagine that. No, yeah. not at all. No. So I, I struggle with flipping and rolling around and things like that, that uh, cruiser weights really do better. But, uh, 
it's part of it's part of our training, even for us bigger guys. So okay, okay, um, having to get in and do all that stuff was a little difficult. So we talked about Shiloh or Matt, right, Matt? Um, <laughs> other than Shiloh, did you have any mentors, or do you still have mentors that you look up to that help you through challenges uh, during while you're wrestling or even in the ministry? Um, yeah, there's a few different guys that I would go to for sure. Um, especially if I had questions about wrestling, uh, we have a guy that wrestles with us. His name is Paul and and he has been watching wrestling since he was a kid and loves wrestling. And so, uh, I'll definitely ask his, uh, his opinion on like, uh, telling stories and seeing if something makes sense, things like that. Um, because, uh, there's some of that stuff that I, I can do well at now, but even still sometimes just having to think through it is a little difficult. Um, I actually had my very first, uh, wrestling match with, uh, Phil Bishop, who was on, I believe he was on the show. Yeah. Um, he's who I had my first match with. And so, uh, even though he's retired, uh, or has had his first retirement, I like to tell him, uh, uh, he's definitely still somebody that I talk to. And then the other person that I talk to all the time is, uh, JT, uh, or Ryan Hart. Is he on here? Yeah. Yeah. He's one of my first ones. Yeah. Great guy. Great. Yeah. You guys, you named a couple, you named several great guys that you got. Yeah. I mean, they're all right. Don't tell them I said any of that though. All right. Well, I'm sure they'll watch it. So I just heard, so I, maybe I'm thinking into this too much, but you're up in CWF West Texas. Yes, sir. Bill the Bishop is from CWF Rockwell. Yes, sir. I think you kind of called him back out of retirement. Could I you? Would, I would love to see Phil come out of retirement. You can, you can say it here. I called him out of retirement right here. So, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> the bishop buzzard says he thinks there should be a match between you and him and let's make this happen rob vaughn let's make this happen huge uh, pop, you know here's a better thing but it's got a there's got to be a storyline leading up to it. huge pop wrestling podcast plans to be in uh rockwell dallas rockwell texas in december 2024 so a year from now at the cage match so there could oh, be yeah. a, there could be a build-up for this and I'd love to have plenty of time to come out of, out of retirement. Plenty of time to come out of retirement. Plenty of time to um, get in shape. I like I like to tell him that wrestlers and rock stars all have more than one retirement. There he could go. do another retirement. So there you go. Feel the real bishop. Come out of retirement. <laughs> Unless you're too afraid of the buzzard. That's so, that, that's possible. That's possible. So so we I I, I think you told it off uh, offline, but what's the story behind the wrestling character? buzzard what's behind it yeah yeah that we actually did talk about that a second ago yeah okay. i uh yeah i it's just my it's the name that was given to you it's huh? the name that was given to me yep all right um so what are some of your favorite wrestling moments that you've had in west texas rockwell probably oh okay so i actually have to make a correction from what Mike said last week, because Mike lied to you. Uh oh, um, this is why this is why he doesn't this is why he doesn't like doing these things alone. He needs someone to keep him honest. Uh oh, I mean, before you go any further, are you? Uh, do, wait, I mean, we're gonna call out another person on I'll there. Just, I'll just call out everybody. All right, there we go, man. You're gonna have a lineup. We're now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so Mike and I actually did a story a storyline a while back where. Uh, he won the championship from me. 
Okay. Uh, he and I were in a match, and and we were actually tag partners at the time, and just happened to end up feuding against each other because we had a guy that got injured, and and he lost his number one contendership, which put me up in the in the ranks for number one contender. And so he was my tag partner. He beat me, and then at the end of him beating me, I turned on him and beat him down and took his belt. And then for six months, walked around with the belt, telling everybody I was the CWF champion. Okay. Um, if you remember, or I don't know if you're a big comic book guy, uh, but one no. way that we kind of talked about it was uh, Bizarro World. If you uh, if you know Bizarro, no. No. he's like the reverse of Superman. Okay. And so it's just kind of this backward world, backwards world, okay. and I called it Bizarro World, <laughs> um, <laughs> where uh, up is down and left is right, and Buzzard okay. is somehow the CWF champion, even though he never earned it. There you go. And uh, so that was our feud, which ended in a uh, last man standing match, not a falls count anywhere, which is what he said last week. Okay. And maybe, uh, that was a good time. Maybe that's what he wants to have another match with you at the falls count anywhere match. Yeah, he wants a falls count anywhere match. I'll do it right now. <laughs> right now. There we go. Man, two uh, two call outs in a row, man. That's you're getting Yeah, good. That's, that's what I go on podcasts for is just to call people out. There you go. So we got about... 30, 35 more minutes to call more people out. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't call this. I mean, I'm going to ask you, who, which wrestlers do you look up to the most in CWF? The most in CWF? Uh, well, obviously Shiloh because uh, he trained me. So I, I look up to him. I, I value his opinion pretty highly. But uh, don't tell anyone I said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, his is definitely up there pretty high. And uh, uh, I'd say probably Phil and JT are up there pretty high. Okay. So now um, you were in a tag team with Johnny Lawless. Yeah, I was. Those are my dark years. Those are your dark years. So <laughs> you don't look you don't look up to him that way that way at all. No, no, no. He's he was a he was a companion more than a than a mentor. A companion. Believe... <laughs> a companion more than a mentor. I believe Johnny and I have actually been wrestling roughly around the same amount of time. That's three, bro. <laughs> that is three. I'm calling out the Bible Club next. Potential. All right. <laughs> Do you prefer tag team matches over singles? Obviously, you like the Bible Club. You just said it. <laughs> I I actually, man, that's hard. I saw that one whenever you sent me the questions, and I was like, man, I don't know. That's a difficult question. I I do like. Uh, being able to catch my breath in a tag team match, uh -huh. but uh, just one versus one, I it's kind of like the good old classic fight, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go singles. Okay. What do you consider your biggest win so far? Ooh. Uh. Gosh, I don't even know. I I can't even tell you last time I won. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you're calling out three guys and you you don't know the last time you won that's uh, <laughs> you got a lot of confidence for not knowing the last time you won i get cheated a lot i get cheated a lot <laughs> okay. refs are against me um i i don't know i don't know the, my biggest win i can tell you my biggest loss okay there we go my biggest loss i would say was against it was in a six man and it was against Tim Storm. So that's okay. a pretty good loss. Yeah, that uh, is. And uh, I believe I got hit by Tim, by APOC, and by Ryan Hart 
Oh, and by Chris Angel. I think they all four hit me. Oh. Um, nice and, guys. Uh, yeah. So it was not a bad loss. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> What's the weirdest? I mean, so I, I don't think this will qualify. Have you wrestled other than CWF? I have, yeah. So what would be the weirdest place you, that you've ever wrestled? The weirdest place I've ever wrestled? I was thinking about that, too. It's probably going to be in the back of a bar. Okay. Um, which I think for indie wrestlers, it's like, that's just normal. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, wrestling in the back of a bar was weird. I actually wrestled in the back of a bar for CWF. Okay. Um, uh, I, I wrestled for that promotion also. Okay. Uh, which was SCP, okay. but I uh, I wrestled for CWF in the back of the bar. That okay. was probably the most interesting, even with CWF, that I've ever done. Okay. So now, CWF and other promotions, what is the one thing or many things that um, puts CWF above at a different level than the promotions you wrestled with? Or is it just a different ball game? Yeah, I mean it is kind of a different ball game, but I would say the locker room. Okay. The and and I would say probably anybody that's wrestled in different promotions and CWF would say the same thing. Okay. Um, because I've heard that several times, but the locker room in CWF is nothing like an independent locker room, where in the indies, every band is just trying to get up, get up and above everyone else. Right. And uh, when you wrestle for CWF, it's not like that. We're not trying to one up the guy that was just in front of us. We're just we're trying to tell good stories, and we all have a brotherhood in the back. Um, we're very encouraging for one another, okay. and uh, there's not often it happens sometimes, but there's not often a whole lot of heat between the two, okay. uh, between the people in the in the locker room. Whereas in indie locker rooms, I've definitely seen it happen several times. So I know that Lodi comes through there, Chad Lael. <laughs> I heard AJ Styles came through there. All, mm -hmm. um, all those guys come through there. Even Fitz, um, you know, um, Rob Vaughn back in the back. How important is it for you guys, or even the younger guys, I guess, to stop, shut up, and just listen to the advice of those guys that have been doing this for a while? Um, yeah, it's pretty important. I mean, this is why we have ring generals, right? <laughs> right. Um, people who are in the ring that know what they're doing, that can take control of a match. Um, and it's not even just, uh, it's not even just in the locker room. Like, yeah, that should happen in the locker room, but also just in the ring that should happen too. Um, and I, that was actually one thing whenever I, the first time I wrestled at SCP, which is that promotion that's in the back of a bar, the first time I wrestled there, that was one of the first things that they were pretty complimentary of me on. I think I'd only been wrestling probably maybe three or four years, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I had a guy that was giving me a 10 punch on the top and uh, he, he told me to give him a move. And I was like, well, I could powerbomb you from here pretty easily. And he's like, no, not that move. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, just in the, just listening to the guy in the ring that had been doing it longer. Um, I had just made a switch. He told me to give him something else. And I, I did what he told me to do. Okay. And uh, so being able to just kind of shut up and listen and, not be so prideful and arrogant. Right. Uh, I don't think in wrestling you can do that, be a good wrestler and be that prideful anyways. I know it happens. Right. But I think when that happens, you start to see guys like, like this is Bret Hart being unwilling to drop the belt right. to Shawn Michaels, you know? Right. 
um, it, it's, it becomes a pride and arrogance where it's like, Hey bro, the company is telling stories here. You need to be a part of the company that you're working for. Right. Absolutely. And, um, so when you're, when you became a wrestler, the excitement was, you know, when you heard your music, you went through that ra- the curtain and your energy was like, Oh yeah. Is it the same then as it is now? Can you explain that energy? Um, it's definitely changed a little bit. Um, I can tell you the first the first match I ever had against Phil, uh, I was super excited. I walked out there, and when I got out to the ring, I'm looking around, and he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> and so all of my excitement just turned to immediate confusion, and I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> okay. Um, but when you first start wrestling, that's kind of how wrestling feels anyways. You're like, trying to think through i got to remember all of these different parts and i got to know what my shine is and what's the heat and what's the cuts cutoffs and you're just trying to think of everything and so you don't have a whole lot of time to process what's actually happening whereas the longer that you wrestle the more you're like i can just go out there and have fun Um, i'm out here with my friends we're having a good time beating each other up and um get to just entertain the crowd um i don't remember when that shift happened for me um but I do remember I, I remember somebody telling me, like, just find one person in the crowd and work that one person. Right. And that was definitely helpful in thinking through, like, winning over a crowd, you know. Right. And so uh, one time we're wrestling at this place. I think it was in Rice. And uh, there was a guy in the back. I heard him over everybody for some reason. Uh, and he's just an old man standing in the very back. And I looked back there. And as soon as I looked back there, I just – took in what I saw, an old man, big white beard. And I just looked at him and went, shut up, Santa Claus, (laughs) and went back to wrestling. And that guy was hooked. Um, He was in there. He came to me afterwards. He's like, you made this so much fun. And I made one comment to him, and (laughs) he was just invested. And uh, so I try to do that every time I get in the ring now. It's something I'm pretty conscious of, trying to engage with at least just, just one person, and you can do fairly well with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you guys are, I don't know if you guys travel much or whatever. So if it's not a road story, is there any funny traveling stories that you could share um, that you guys have, that you have experienced with Shiloh or whoever? Um, well, can I call Shiloh out again? Yeah, you I'm sure calling, can. I'm going to call him a liar again. Uh yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think last year, last week he told the story about wrestling in Puerto Rico. Yes. And uh, he got uh, – uh, the guy jumps in the ring. Uh, here's what he didn't tell you about that story. Uh-oh. He said uh, – so this guy jumped in the ring, and Mike chased him out. That all happened. Mike said he tripped over a barricade. He did not trip over a barricade. Okay. He tripped over two children. <laughs> Oh no. He he went to go jump and punch the guy and as he went to go jump and punch the guy there were two kids sitting right there uh eating oh. like chips and you just see the as he trips over these kids this kid is just like watching and just eating his chips <laughs> laying on the ground watching this all play out he's like this is the best thing ever. <laughs> nice. So that is quite the difference. Barricade the two children. Yeah, it was children. He tripped over children. Children. Shiloh. Uh, I watched it happen. 
<laughs> you heard um, it here on Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Shiloh <laughs> lied twice last week. Now we need to have prayer for him because if he's going to lie like that, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we forgive you. We forgive you. Uh, <laughs> so, being in the Christian Wrestling um, Federation, what's the most challenging aspect of the of you as a performer and as a, putting on a show like that? Um. I can tell you for me, I, I'm mostly a heel at this point. Uh, it's been a while since I've been a face. And so for me, one of the hardest parts is uh, knowing where the line is and where not to cross, what lines not yeah. to cross. Yeah. Um, this one will strike pretty close to you since I know you told me you, uh, you take care of a bunch of foster kids. Right. Uh, we have a a group that comes out to all of our shows in the Lubbock area. It's the boys ranch here. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Texas boys ranch, they come to pretty much all of our shows. And uh, I didn't know this happened until I didn't put it together until later, but I have a friend that was at the show and he was sitting there with his son. And there was another kid that was sitting right next to him. And uh, as a heel, this, this kid's yelling at me and so I just look at him and I'm like, where are your parents at, kid? I didn't know he was one of the foster kids. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I put it together as I saw him walking out, like leaving the show with all the Boys Ranch kids. And I was like, oh, I felt I felt horrible afterwards. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I'm such a jerk. Um, well, then we actually went and wrestled at the at the Boys Ranch. And I was like. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find something else to say. I don't know <laughs> because that thought was just running through my head the whole time. I was like, I'm just a horrible person, and it's gonna make for being a good heel, and everybody's gonna hate me. But I feel like a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. Yeah. yeah. Um, what advice would you have to give an up and coming wrestler like a? a young person coming in and saying, Hey, I want to do this. Um, wrestling with CWF or wrestling in general? In general. I think probably the first thing I would say is like we talked about earlier, like being willing to just listen. And, and another thing too, I remember Mike saying this whenever we first started doing ministry, uh, because we started in kids ministry. I didn't yeah. want to be in kids ministry. I had no desire to be in there. And uh, we used to tell everybody that worked with us in kids ministry the same thing. You need to get over yourself. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I would say wrestling is a lot of the same okay. because you're going to get up in the ring and you're going to have to lose. Um, yep. And uh, you're going to have to be fine with that. Being willing to put somebody else over is a big thing. And uh, I think it's one thing that separates some of the good good wrestlers from some of the great wrestlers okay. is that they're actually willing to make someone else look good right. um, it, in spite of themselves. <laughs> right. Uh, because because every, every time that I would go wrestle with somebody, what would just make me so mad is they just want to get in all of their stuff and they want to look good and they want to be – they want everyone to think they're the best wrestler in the world. And I, I think the best wrestler in the world is the one that's willing to make the other guy look good. Right. And I got to give my hats off to uh, um, Jericho, Chris Jericho. Mm. He's one of the best at doing that. You know, right. he, the Miz, I can't stand him, man. I can't stand the character. I think it's ridiculous. But yeah, he put he puts people over. 
you know. Yeah, he's he, really he's to, okay. He's okay with it. Yeah, he gets paid a lot of money to do it. Yeah, so uh, I mean, and so, so gonna, yeah, just being willing to do that, getting over yourself. I'm gonna go back to the topic that we talked about, where um, how it's hard to in the Christian Wrestling Federation to know where you where your boundaries are, what you cannot say, and that's the situation that when about the foster kids. So that's got to be a tough situation as a heel, especially. Yeah. To go, oh, what's 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 too far? Yeah. Here's the nice thing. Here's the nice thing. I think that we have an advantage of with um, being in the Christian Wrestling Federation. We're not wrestling in the back of a bar. We're typically wrestling for a lot of kids. And even sometimes we're wrestling for a lot of fans that aren't really wrestling fans. Okay. Um, And so uh, I know like one of our biggest shows we have is when we get to wrestle at like a campground Mm -hmm. and you get 150 kids in a room. It sounds like it, it's like the biggest show we've ever had. (laughs) It sounds huge. Uh, You get 150 kids in there. And so kids are easy to make mad. You can you can make kids mad real easy, right? Um, and uh, even just people who aren't really wrestling fans who know they're coming to a Christian show, you can push the boundary a little bit, and you and they'll be like, "I can't believe this is the Christian Wrestling Federation." And that kid just called me, or that guy just called me an idiot, or <laughs> right. just something like that. I mean, we really uh, we do really well at just cheap heat, you know, right. things that are really easy to make people mad. And we have a good time. All right. Um, so do you ever get fans that, are, that that come to a Christian wrestling um, show that doesn't, I don't care, that don't, um, I don't, that don't care, but they're just free willing to just speak how they want to speak like they do at a, in, at like a regular wrestling show. And how do you guys, how do you guys maintain the, the crowd c- control composure if somebody's like going off like if you would yeah. had a, at a like a XIW or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the fans, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we had a uh uh the first thing that we have is we'll tell it, it, like if we're going to wrestle at a church, right? We'll tell people at the church, like, hey, um, be on watch for this, kind of be a little bit of a bodyguard. When we first started, we actually had a couple of guys that weren't ready to wrestle yet that acted as bodyguards for the show. Yeah. Uh, we usually always have a barrier set up at our shows anyways in right. Rockwall. I don't think in Rockwall we have a barrier set up just because it, I don't think we'd be able to set up a barrier that way. But uh, <clears throat> I know we try to set up a barrier um, at all of our shows that we do. But uh, also just – so, yeah, I think those two things, having people ready – and station and having a barrier but like i know one time we had a show where we wrestled in a small town just outside of uh, lubbock and we had a kid that got up in mike's face and we knew going into the show like this kid struggles to separate reality from fiction okay and yeah. so uh he was super into it and he was bowed up and ready to fight mike and some of the parents had to come in again like hey dude you need to calm down Um, but then you go to like when we wrestled in Puerto Rico, that was kind of an interesting thing because those kids are wrestling fans and they're not Christians. Okay. Yeah. And so we had kids in Puerto Rico that were flipping us off. Um, they were using their middle finger, like cutting across their throat with a knife, pointing at us like they would shoot us. I'm like, 
if this kid had a gun, he would shoot me right now. <laughs> um, and it wasn't even – I didn't even say anything bad to get the kid angry at me, but he hated me. I was like, this this is nice nice healing work right here. Right, right. You're getting so some you, good heat here. So you mentioned Puerto Rico. Um, Shiloh mentioned Mexico last week and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So what has been the weird – the not scariest, but what has been the most intense – place that you've wrestled like in puerto rico or something like that wrestling at vajirio davila in puerto rico okay so uh this is where mike punched the drug the drug dealer okay yes um so it i don't know how much i I can't remember how much he explained but there was one entrance and one exit there okay and we had to go through this maze of cars to get to where the ring was being set up and when we get there uh, all of these people show up. I mean, there's a ton of people. The guy that actually jumped into the ring was, we found out later, one of the drug lord's sons. Yes. And like a 17-year-old drug lord's son. It was crazy. Um, but as we're leaving, this was the most intense moment, was as we're leaving, the night after the night that Mike punched that drug dealer, <clears throat> we're going to walk out. And where the entrance slash exit was at, there's these two guys carrying like Uzis. Oh shoot. And uh, so as we go to leave, this guy with this fully automatic weapon stops us. And I was like, Oh, we're going to die. <laughs> and it, we went from like talking and having a good time in the car to just dead silence. Like you could have heard a pin drop in that car. And we're, we thought he was fixing to come get in the car or do something. He just wanted to cross the road. Oh, um, wow. He stopped us so that he could cross the road. Thank you but, very much. <laughs> whoo! It was it was tense in that car when that happened. <laughs> I bet. And uh, we thought for sure we were like it was it was him. He punched the kid, not us. It was him. <laughs> like we're gonna turn you over right now. <laughs> and Shiloh, they're blaming you for a lot of things. Uh, Buzzard says you lied twice, and now he's blaming you for always getting shot in, in Puerto Rico. <laughs> These are all things I say to his face. So all right, there you it's go. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> so. Outside of wrestling, what do you do? Uh, so my shoot job is uh, I work for my dad full time doing plumbing, okay. and then uh, I serve as the uh, executive pastor for our church here in Tohoka. Okay, so the wrestling and the ministry, how has that your that part of your life impacted your personal growth? Um, so in uh, in West Texas, we the way that we've talked about CWF is kind of a twofold ministry. Mm-hmm. It's on one side, it's doing the shows and being able to share the gospel using wrestling. Right. Um, but then on the other side of that, it's also the uh, discipling of men um, because we are a men's ministry. We're, we don't have women that wrestle with us. Right. Um, one, because that's awkward. And two, um, it's because when we, when we get done, we have our Bible study after training on Monday nights. And uh, it's required to go to, and we talk about some pretty deep stuff. And uh, especially once we get talking to get into talking about each other's lives and confessing sin and, and calling, calling men to repentance. Like um, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, ironing, sharpening iron moment when we get into Bible study. And so uh, that part of it is actually the part that I like the most. Um, I lead Bible study on Monday nights, okay. and so uh, we get to 
go in the go in the ring and and make each other better in the ring and then get out of the ring and make each other better through a study of the word and Bible study. And so um, those are things that I enjoy. Awesome, man. So you must live close to Shiloh because he said that the the church or whatever is right down the road from him. Yeah, I can actually see Shiloh's house from my apartment. Okay, cool. Um, family, how's your family support you as far as the wrestling, the ministry? Are they? Um, I don't know that they were too excited about it at first. Uh, I remember my dad came to training uh, one night, and it was actually my chop night. It was yeah. uh, I was graduating. And he was there as they chopped me three times each. Holy and smokes. <laughs> that's yeah. not a great graduation, in my opinion. That would have hurt. That's part of wrestling. <laughs> nope. Uh, that's that's honestly, that's part of the pride side, like getting over the pride and, and knowing how someone's going to react to pain and uh, uh, things like that. But, yeah, that's, that's chop night for us. And so uh, my dad was there, and he had to leave the room. <laughs> but uh i mean they come to my shows they went and saw me when i wrestled at the bar a couple times and um they come to some of my shows whenever we're in lubbock and so uh they're pretty supportive but okay. as far as like a wife or anything like that it's just me so if okay. you have any single ladies listening right, um, you let them know buzzards available single right. ready to mingle all right uh, <laughs> man chop night bro yeah chop night i have a goal on chop night Okay. Uh, whenever we have a guy that graduates now, my goal on chop night is to make him bleed. And then there's these people that fans that say wrestling's fake. Yeah. I don't care if they might be choreographed, but fake. Not it's when you not make people, not, not when you chop, not when you go through graduation and have chop night. No. So how many guys are there to chop? Like you taught me three times each. What what is that? It was like six different guys, or ten different guys. Uh, funny story. Whenever I graduated, it was uh. One, two, two guys, uh, <laughs> because uh, I because I, I was the first I was one of the first people to sign up. Lucky one, and, right? Uh, yeah, we had a guy there that night that had already graduated, and so uh, I had to be chopped by two people. Well, another guy graduated the same night I did. Yeah, and uh, I I was gonna let him go first, and he didn't want to go first, so I went before him, mm-hmm. and because I had graduated now. He gets chopped by three people. Nice. He thought, he thought I did him dirty, but well, I, I followed the rules. I would have let him chop me if I if he had gone first, but that's not what happened. Well, you did him dirty. I mean, I'm just saying here. <laughs> that's that's I mean, but you did offer him to go first. I did no. I let I tried to let him go first and he didn't take it. So what a guy. So it's not your fault. It's not my fault. Is he still wrestling with CWF? No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your fault. So fans, um, fans of CWF, your interaction with CWF, in my, it appears that they would be in a different different style. I mean, at an at a independent show, fans are, you know, they like the merch tables. They like the meet and greets and stuff like that. Um and I, my favorite part of CWF is at the end when you guys come in the ring and the it's prayer time and it's lesson time, et cetera, et cetera. To me, that's a great fan interaction. So how important are the fans to you? And do you have merch that you sell? Do you guys do that at CWF? Uh, yeah, we have, especially in Rockwall, they have a lot more merch than what we do. 
Um, they have a bunch of CWF shirts and hats and stickers and all kinds of stuff. We have some shirts and some beanies that we sell. And then we have, we actually have some baseball cards, um, that we, uh, that we sell too. You can just buy a pack of baseball cards and we'll sign them for you. But, um, really I think the bigger reason we sell the merch, cause we don't make, a, it's not like we make a lot of money on that stuff. Right, right, right. Um, but we'll sell it and usually we'll tell people like I'm only going to sign CWF things so that people aren't bringing like a baby to me and asking me to sign a baby. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but usually we're the places that we're wrestling in, they may or may not like wrestling. It's just like, for example, when we <clears throat> wrestle do shows here in Tohoka, we're in a pretty impoverished area. These kids don't get to go see stuff like this very often. Right. And so uh, they're excited that somebody's actually coming to see them. And it's okay. a show that they can go to for free. Right. And so um, they, uh, they're they excited and they love All right. it. All right. So. I'm going to have to get a hold of Rob Vaughn and Shiloh because um, I'd love to um, have like a poster of CWF Rockwall, CWF West Texas and just have you guys sign that for me so I can put it in behind me. And you, oh, guys, yeah, sure. you guys are, you guys are, I honestly say this, you guys are my favorite promotion. You guys are great people. And I just, one of my favorite nights of the month of the week is Monday night. So I can um, do this. So, right. Um, I do have kids and they have questions. So that's fine. Let's hear them. Favorite movie. Ooh. Uh, for the longest time, it was star Wars. Okay. Um, but I know that's like a bunch of movies. And uh, so I'm still gonna stick with Star Wars. I'm not. I don't really like the newer ones that much, but I okay. do like Rogue One a lot. Rogue One, okay. See Invader and Rogue One was so cool. Yeah, yeah. Favorite so, TV show. Favorite TV show. The Office. Office. Favorite food. Favorite food. Uh, ribeye. We had we made homemade pizzas tonight. So my question is, does pineapple belong on pizza? Never. Never. Did you put pineapple on your pizza tonight? I do not, but my, some couple of my kids did. I hate pineapple on pizza. I, uh, I like. I mean, pineapple needs to be in. My mom, my grandma used to make sweet and sour meatballs, and she put mm. pineapple, green pepper, sweet and sour pickles, in the in the sauce. And it was pretty good, but huh. no, I don't know. I'm not a pineapple fan normally. Yeah. Favorite maybe. cartoon. Favorite cartoon? Uh, oh man, I haven't watched a cartoon in forever. Uh, let's go, Phineas and Ferb. It's a fun little show. You play video games? Uh, when I can. What's your favorite? Probably Shadows of Mordor. Okay. Um, I talk about you guys and Christian Wrestling Federation, and um, one of my kids, um. She wants to know what's your favorite Bible verse. My favorite Bible verse. Yes. Let's go. Uh, Psalm one ten. Okay. Psalm one ten says, uh, "Christ must reign until he's made all of his enemies a footstool." Okay. Awesome. Awesome. A lot of my other kids, he, they love Roman Reigns. So, do you do you acknowledge the Tribal Chief? No. Okay. Christ, you tell your kids Christ is Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I, you know, they had that. They had that. They wanted to ask that question. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But you're right. Christ is Lord. So I, I don't do acknowledge it. the tribal chief because Christ no. is Lord. There you go. You heard it right here. 
you mentioned um you said a statement about brotherhood how important is brotherhood and wrestling and i know it's very important in their ministry yeah um how important is brotherhood to you um it's really important uh i, I read a book oh man what was that book called <coughs> can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head but i read a book this last year that just kind of looked at friendships throughout history yeah. and uh loneliness amongst men is incredibly high right now um it's incredibly high and uh it's kind of sad that it is so high and so this book it looks at throughout history some of the some of the big name friendships that we see throughout history and so um, it just looks at different people. One of the people that it looks at is actually um, an example of a bad, a, a, a bad example. And okay. so he looks at uh, President Nixon and he talks about during the, uh, the whole Watergate scandal with okay. President Nixon, how there was not a single person that was willing to vote in his favor. And the reason why is because he had no friends. Um, he was unwilling to make friends where he worked and, uh, it was, it just kind of went to show like how important it was to have friends, whether, whether or not what he did was right or wrong is neither here nor there. But the fact that he had nobody to be on his side, um, when we have a, uh, when we have a brotherhood, we have that somebody that's on your side. We talk about, uh, uh, somebody that knows your hopes, dreams, and fears and is able to help you achieve them. And uh, so it's important that we have that for sure. Now, do you have a list of your brothers that you that you'd call be a part of your brotherhood? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so the two pastors that I serve with, Mike, who's Shiloh, and we got another one named Jamie. Uh, we meet every Monday night after wrestling, and we try to meet up even more than that. But for sure, every Monday night. Awesome, man. You also mentioned paying dues. So what does that mean to you, paying dues? Um, back to the business or back to CWF or whatever? Um, I think especially for just wrestling, I mean, it's just part of – I think it's part of that killing that pride. And uh, in in, res, in in ministry, it looked like being willing to go clean toilets and being willing to go do janitorial things and being willing to serve and then just slowly moving up in that. Um in wrestling, it's kind of the same, honestly. Uh, it may not be cleaning toilets, but it's being willing to set up the ring, being willing to um, um, being willing to sweep out the ring or sweep around the ring and um, take care of the things that we have. It's I, I think a lot of it is just that killing pride. But it's weird. Like whenever I started, I was excited about that. We unloaded yeah. that wrestling ring off the truck, and I was like, "Let's do this. Let's get it over with." I'm ready to set this thing up and body slam somebody on it already. Right, right. <laughs> now you find a lot of non-brotherhood in rest in the independence a lot of times. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of those guys come in and you know, all about themselves and stuff like that. So yeah. Um if you had to wrestle anywhere else besides CWF, is there a would you is there a bucket list? Would you say, yeah, I need to I'd love to go there? Um you know, used to, I would have probably said NXT. Okay. Um, that was when NXT was big. You had yeah. Bo Dallas and Seth Rollins and and all of the guys that are main roster now wrestling NXT. 
that would have been cool to go to. But now at this point in my life, I'm not really interested in, I'm not really interested in moving up. Okay. Doing anything other than serving in the ministry. I'd wrestle for Kyle over at Pele, but that's about it. Okay. Um, so CWF, let's talk about CWF. So do you have any dream opponents other than the ones you already called out uh, <laughs> that you would want to, I mean, well, you're calling out people. What's your dream opponent? <laughs> uh, my dream opponent. Let's see. I've never wrestled him, but I did get in the ring with him one time. Uh, just cause I wanted to lock up with him, but uh, I'd wrestle Fitz. You would? Yeah, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people that are bigger than me, and so wrestling somebody that bigger than me, I think, would be a fun match. All right, so I would cry probably, but it'd be a fun match. That's the beginning. We called out Shiloh, Phil the Bishop, Fitz, and I thought there was another one. I think I called out Johnny at one point. Johnny Lawless, yes. You know what? Bring me the Bible Club two for one right now. (laughs) Bible Club two for one. Dudes, you heard it here on the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Bible Club needs to make a trip down to West Texas and take care of the buzzard, I guess. <laughs> what was your tag team experience like with Johnny Lawless? Uh, I had a great time. I was actually, I drove to Dallas uh, every month for a wrestling show mm-hmm. and I uh, had a good time. We, uh, how did we end that feat? How did we end our tech? I remember whenever we ended, I was pretty pretty upset. I was moving to Tahoka. I was moving out of my dad's house, and so I didn't have the money to keep driving up there every month. Um, and so that's why I that's that's why I had to stop was just because I was trying to get my own place and yeah. pay for bills and you know be an adult things like that. Right. <laughs> and uh, so that's the only reason I stopped going up there every month, but. I think Johnny and I were tag partners for about a year. Um, so I had a pretty good run with Johnny. And, okay. uh, um, yeah, it was fun. We had okay. a good time. We beat up a lot of people. Got to wrestle some Got to wrestle some big-name people while I was over there, uh, which was which was fun. Okay. Uh, mostly getting to wrestle Barrett. I got to wrestle Barrett whenever I was going okay. over there every month. Awesome. awesome. And uh, so I had a good time doing that. What other big names did you wrestle? Let's see. Um, I, I guess just Barrett. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else, I think I wrestled were just CWF guys. Okay. Phil and JT and Kyle. Um, um guys, um, I'm gonna cut this guy off. You guys are big guys too, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. They're big guys. <laughs> Kyle is also a big guy. He's actually Kyle uh, uh, Akil Blackheart um, is what we call him <laughs> when he wrestles with us. Uh, he and I actually had a feud in West Texas for a little All while, right. All right. and uh, he likes to do stupid things, and I like to do those stupid things to him. All right, there uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is a man. This is but this this podcast didn't go. This ain't well. It's it's better than I thought because man, you're calling out all kinds of people. That's what I'm doing. Yep. <laughs> so here you go. Um, what's your thoughts on the Bible Club? What's my thoughts on the Bible Club? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Let, let them come get me. Let them come get you. <laughs> Future goals at CWF. Future goals at CWF. Um, man, I haven't even thought about that. What what my future goals are for CWF. Um, 
we in West Texas, we want to grow. We want more yeah. people. And yeah. so if we could train up more people, if I could find me another big guy um, to uh, to come and try to beat me up, that'd be fun. I'd have a blast doing that. Um, I know coming up on 10 years this next year, uh, 10 years wrestling, uh, I should probably at some point in time start looking for somebody to replace me. <laughs> I know I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. I like to tell Mike I have to wrestle at least as long as he does. So right. um, I at least got another 10 years for me. But right. um, at some point, I'm going to need to replace myself. Right. And uh, so yeah. probably that. That's pretty humbling. Um, I had mentioned to Shiloh last week that um, what well, I think would be cool would be a West Texas Rockwell invasion angle somehow. It's definitely been talked about several times. That'd be cool. Um, we had one. I think we had one show a while back where we actually had a good number of guys show up in VFW. And so, but we didn't quite get the invasion angle that we were kind of wanting, but right, it would right. be fun to do. I think you can preach on that really. Some, I really, I think that it'd be cool. Yeah. And that's why I love about you guys, because you, you, you turn your storylines into, you have, a, you have a purpose, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it's just so cool. So, I want to be honorable of your time. It's um, 56 minutes long into the thing. Um, so I'd love to wrap it up with, uh, I, I, I like wrapping up every CWF with, um, if you don't mind, would you be willing to share your testimony with um, the fans? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I I think like a lot of people, I grew up in a Christian household. Um, I, uh, I was at church all the time. My parents didn't really allow us to not be at church. And uh, as I uh, kind of got older, I knew I wanted to. I knew I wanted to follow Jesus, but I didn't know exactly what that would look like. And uh, I I got baptized pretty early in life, and uh, started following Jesus. And then, as I kind of got older, actually started having some real um, uh, problems, uh, things that I wanted to chase other than God. And about the time I was in seventh grade, I, I it was time to it was time to kill those things and uh, repent and 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 start following Jesus. I had some some friends that I started talking to about that and what it actually looked like to <laughs> kill sin, um, because that's that's what the Jesus that's that's what following Jesus is about is dying to self and killing sin, and uh, so. Uh, started started working towards that as I kind of got older. Wanted to pursue ministry. Um, I knew that when I was in high school, I was interested in doing ministry and started following and doing that. And that's eventually how I got to CWF and doing all kinds of things. Been all over the world. Uh, have wanted to travel all over the place, going to different countries, and even considered wanting to live in Japan at one point in time and wrestle there. And um here lately have started kind of, especially as we've moved into bivocational and wanting to wanting to continue working in ministry, but also knowing I need to pay my bills and eventually I want a family one day. Uh, so I started pursuing a career and have a developing a theology of work and what that should look like. Right. Um, first Thessalonians four talks about living a quiet life, working with your hands so that you can, uh, you can do well with, 
uh, Outsiders. Yeah, that's my dad right there. I'm a plumber now. All right, uh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, that's that's where I'm at now. Uh, trying to live a quiet life, work my hands, and and live well with outsiders. Um, and spend opportunities like this to tell people about Jesus and call people to repentance and right. and uh, following God. Well, Mr. Cohen, you sound like you raised those, um, your son up well, and um, so. <clears throat> He did Thank all right. You. He did all Thank right. You. Thank you. You're calling out your dad even. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> so, um, so huge pop wrestling fans. Um, this is Buzzard from CWF West Texas. There's also CWF Rockwell. If you can go on YouTube, I think you can check out CWF Rockwell and CWF West Texas. Check out their uh, their YouTube page, their matches. They put out a great show. It is, I call it old school wrestling, kind of, sort of, um, with the old school feel, the, the storytelling, everything out there. And in the end, it's something amazing. These guys um, get in the ring, they pull out the Bible, and they share their hearts with uh, the fans that stay around. And then I think at the end, don't you guys pray for the, the fans that want to be prayed for? Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll pray. We'll talk to people about what it means to follow Jesus and make sure they have a proper understanding of uh, the gospel. Yeah. Um that's at least what I do when I'm out there. I, I want to make sure that people understand that they're sinners, make sure that they know that Christ is Lord and they're going to have to answer to him one day and uh, make sure that they understand what it actually looks like to repent and believe the gospel. As Jesus says in Mark 1 15. Awesome. And I, my, the night was awesome. Um, having you on here, uh, buzzard stay in the lobby as I close out this, um, the podcast, huge pop wrestling podcast. Thank you for joining us for this hour. Thank you, buzzard. Thank you. CWF West Texas. I'm going to let my man Buzzard go. He's um, out of way to Bible study. That's right. Yep. We got um, Bible study tonight. So uh, stay tuned. Watch more. Uh, hit the follow button. And watch, subscribe to YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, so you can have more shows. Monday night's the show. The, it's the Wrestling with Purpose with CWF. Again, Buzzard, stay tuned. Stay close, okay? I am the way, the truth. Bible Club e e Eternal Life He is the way and he's Jesus Christ's gift Nobody comes to the